When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that officially sold out this weekend in more ways than one. This week on Heart and Hand, we told you, you had no idea how high this goes. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host and I'm joined this week by the East Enclosure Dutchman, Mr. Van der Hogg. It's Ian Hogg. Good evening, punters. And may I say a welcome. Let's stripe the titties. I'm glad that the titty striping is done because I was worried about, not so much me, but you know, a world paint shortage if we had to do Mark. So, uh, and, and Scott's no no stranger to a training bra for a man boob either. So, no, I'm glad we got him. Fuck's sake, Cammy. Jesus. Um, right, normally we talk, we go direct to football because we are a football pod and we do try to prioritise that above everything else. However, some weeks there are, or, or some days in this case, there are issues that are a bit bigger than that, um, and I think we as a club know that better than most over what's happened over the last the last five years. So today we're going to talk about the statement from the SPFL. It's actually why the pod is coming to you on a Wednesday. It would have been with you either Monday or Tuesday had they got their arse in gear and uh, issued their statement earlier. But we, we decided to wait because otherwise it could have been um, one of those pods where it's obsolete as soon as it, it comes in your ears. So the statement was made... By what was the chap's name? Jerry Moynihan QC, brother Jerry, brother Moynihan Jerry Moynihan QC, QC as as we will come to, and uh, there will be no further investigation uh, because, as we'd said at the time, the EBD decision was final, binding, agreed upon by all parties, and the reason that it was, incidentally, was that at the time. Rangers had won the opening salvos, or, or Old Co-Rangers had won the opening court salvos in the first year tribunal. And 
basically the uh, the authorities and the other clubs wanted to make sure that if they, the if the Lord Nemo Smith decision had fallen the right way for them, there would be no comeback for us later down the line, even if we won the first tier tribunal. So they were sort of hoist by their own retard, if you like. And uh, it's fair to say, Ian, that this decision, which Rangers fans could have told you based on the law, the rules of the SPFL, the Lord Nimmo Smith decision, was binding and couldn't be changed. But people had worked themselves into a bit of a frenzy and it has prompted, as we may have expected, a furious cry wank on social media and on the news and from the BBC. So, I think it's only fair, David, that if we... If, let, let's take a moment, because we know that there's undoubted hundreds of listeners to the pod of a Green and Grey persuasion. Some will be at Parkhead tonight and some will be waiting with bated breath on this pod. It's like, frankly, among, amongst other unspeakable things, this is your guilty pleasure, guys. And I just want to say, I just want to reach out because I'm, I'm in buoyant mood tonight. I want to reach out and say, we're here for you. We truly are. We're like the red, white and blue Samaritans. And we might be pissing ourselves laughing at your obs- obsessive compulsion and victimhood status. But it goes without saying, the victimhood status is absolutely warranted. You fuckers have got no idea how far this goes. No, and uh, this this week of all weeks, the... They, they can be forgiven for being a little upset. They're upset about a lot of things this week. And, and normally we do try to focus on Rangers. We absolutely do. And we will do later on in the show. But it, it's very difficult some weeks. Because Celtic have a manager in place who hasn't lost a game yet domestically going into his second season. Has won a treble and got them into the Champions League last season. And yet some of their fans were wanting him sacked because he said Celtic wasn't a place for politics. That strikes me as a bit mental. But if it, you know, fair enough. If that's if that's the route you want to go down. Now, on top of this, this has happened and they're in this aggrieved state. Although, as I've said before, Celtic fans are unhappy about something. So that's what they do. That's how they look. They're happier like that. So, for me, this decision seems to be sensible because it pleases everybody. Um, but don't listen to me, Ian, right? Because we're biased and we admit we're biased. We would like to, thanks to the wonderful at Kerry Fail account on Twitter, which I urge you all to follow. It's called Kerry Dale Meltdown. And what it does is it takes quotes from various Celtic supporter websites, such as a huddle board. Kerrydale Street, I don't know any others. So, uh, we will we'll give you what they have been saying in response to this today. As you can imagine, Ian, it's a calm and measured response. Indeed. One of my absolute favourites from today is from about four hours ago. Um, and, you know, you know me, David. I, I, I'm a, I, I'm a, not a man of the cloth. Um I, I, I'm an all-inclusive, welcome-to-all kind of person. This 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 tickled me a lot. Uh, and the quote is, laughing at how they got a finiony sounding QC to deliver their resounding no to justice in Scottish football. 
How fucked up is that? Yeah, we did it. It was us. You know, we put ourselves through all this just for this. And then we went out and... That's them using that word. We should say that before anyone gets offended. That's that's from a Celtic board. It's not us using that term, and we wouldn't. It's not a word we use on here unless it was in quote. But I'll just whip through some of these. Ian, um, to kick us off, I believe the Masons have integrated to every single decision-making authority in Scotland, even our own boardroom. I'd agree with that. Yes, probably. Clear, cl- clear, clearly, Brother Peter resigned on Monday. Yeah, because. He was party to and in absolute agreement well, to today. His work was done, um, and I, I was talking to him at the lodge last night, and he said that it was just a pain in the arse sitting on that board, and he'd only done it up you know, to, to get to this point. Um, not surprised in the slightest, seven or eight people just walked out of my work at the news. We will not lie down. Time to assemble, boys. Uh, I'd probably steer clear of that sort of thing, mate, given the tsunami that's coming your way this year. But... Seven or eight people just walked out of his work at the same time. We need people to cut that grass. Otherwise, public parks will be overrun. If the dog shit doesn't get picked up. Now, that's what Jerry Moynihan should have thought about. Seven or eight of these people, they just they just walked out. They just walked away from the lawnmower and the dog shite bags and left it. I'm looking at one just now, uh, David... I'm going to the police, not standing for it any longer. <laughs> it's amazing. They'll go to the police for that, but not for certain other things. Yep. Um, I like this one. And I'm going to read this as best I can because I only speak English, so some of you might have to help me with this. I actually can't take this any more. There's no E in the end of that. It's making me ill. I honestly feel like suing Reagan and Doncaster, sir. For earnings losses, and that's suing S double O I N G, as in Sooty Sweep and and Doncatsa for earnings loss. Um, That is a cracker. I've worked. I'm lazy, and I have worked with some work shy people in my time. But I'm not coming in the day. Why, Hunnery is not not one that I've ever had said to me down the line. Uh, Do you know? I shouldn't laugh. No, but, but you're gonna. But, but I fucking am because it's it's. Do you know that these people actually live amongst us yeah. and they're allowed to breed? This this chat brings up a serious point. This decision stinks of racism. No, Clearly, me, yeah, no, me neither. Um, I feel so let down by everyone. Can't even look at my wife the same after today. Even this poor country wife is in on it. She's in on it. We we told them. You've no idea how far this goes. We have reached in everywhere. We've got sleeper units all over. Didn't they? And as I was saying to her at the lodge uh, last night, she's actually a bloke. That's how deep undercover she's been all these years. And... He's he's saying it's great. I think you know finally now we can get the divorce and I can you know go back. But that's how deep undercover he went. Um, if Celtic don't stand up for the game, I can't reasonably see how I can continue to go to the games uh, to watch and pay money to watch a flawed game. Uh, I love this. Uh, I hate Rangers so much. I won't go and watch Celtic. R.I.P. Scottish football died today thanks to liars and cheats. I'm out. Bye. 
Um, has anybody seen Kerry fail on Twitter? Basically a profile that posts quotes from this site and makes us look like obsessed wankers. <laughs> <laughs> so give, uh, give this guy a follow. Go and check this out. It's all genuine. This is all straight from the horse's arse. It's fantastic. And really, I mean, what can you say? You've basically got a situation where... And, and not just them. I actually want to bring up um, Tom English. Who tweeted um, saying, you know, it's a disgrace, yada yada, Rangers' use of unlawful uh, was mentioned, etc. And somebody said it's not unlawful, it's been pointed out. I said, no, no, it is, it's, it's unlawful. So he then, the, the Rangers chap, tweeted uh, Julian Mon QC, who's a tax, QC tax expert, lawyer, lawyer in tax affairs. And he said, no, it's not unlawful. Attempting to legally avoid taxes and then failing is not illegal. It's not unlawful. It's perfectly lawful. And Tom English, to his eternal credit, tried to argue back and said, no, no, the QC said this in his report. And Julian Morn looked at the report and said, no, he actually doesn't. He explicitly says it's not unlawful and therefore the use of EBTs is not unlawful. Tom, brilliantly then, after being told this, and I just want to use this because it's an example of the mindset. Tom then says, well, having spoken to several other experts, I'm comfortable that it was unlawful. So, Tom, who, who are these experts, Tom? I think they might be experts who completed BA, Bachelor of, of Art, and did their studies. And I made this up at the University of His Mind because... It's the Spears tactic of, well, I've spoken to unnamed experts and they all tell me that fuck a QC, fuck another QC who's actually a tax expert, fuck Lord Nimmo Smith, fuck all the lawyers that, that both the SPFL and the SFA have engaged to try to get the go-ahead. I've decided they're all wrong. Me, with my untrained eye, they are all wrong and I am correct. And that is the problem that you have with Scottish football in a nutshell. You've got so many fucking idiots who just can't see one side from the other. Now, I'm partisan. I admit that before anyone says. I'm not going to pretend for a second I'm not. Ian's exactly the same. But the fact is that you had decided this years ago based on the very powerful, but unfortunately not a lawful idea of they are hun bastards, therefore they must be guilty. It doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, Tom today, um, and it's funny, you know, Tom English, 10% of the time can be actually a good journalist. Unfortunately, he's lapsed into 90% of the time just being a fucking tabloid arsehole. Mm. And as we know, tabloids are dying so therefore they're becoming more and more like viz comics and more extreme every single day hey you've only got to look at the politics around the world to, to, to and it highlights it so tom focuses on the word today unlawful in isolation from the statement even though you read the statement in context it's exactly as you outlined david but he, he used it to infer that what we did was illegal and of course two things any student of the English language knows unlawful does not mean illegal. And the second thing is, it was then fucking ripped to shreds by a QC specialising in tax issues, and Tom kept on digging. Yeah. So what I personally liked is, again, guys, 
go and have a look at it on Twitter. Brother Joe took poor old Tom to the fucking cleaners. And it was blissful to watch. Yeah, it because was he, he wasn't, he had no no dog in the fight. He was just telling him what the law was. And, and again, as I say, it's, it's this starting from a conclusion and working your way back. And it's fine for fans, but you would hope that journalists don't. However, having spoken to journalists who work in England, what they tell me is any of the long-term journalists in Scotland, especially those that consider themselves broadsheet, if they're here past a certain length, it's because they couldn't get a job in England. Um, and the bitterness begins to, to flow and begins to seep out. And Tom English has always been an arsehole. I'll, I'll disagree with you there. I remember years ago when he, he stitched me up on a piece um, and at the time he was, uh, I've said this before, he just he could not have been any further up David Murray's arse. He was shaking hands with Chick Young while they both digested Murray's dinner. It, it's just pathetic though. And what it is designed to do is to continue to stir the controversy, to continue to try and keep this matter alive because they don't want to report on football. They're not good at reporting on football. They don't really like football the way you or I do or the listeners do. They want to stir up all the soap opera stuff, all the sideline stuff. And then, though, they have the temerity to complain about, oh, what can, Wither Alba, what can be done for Scottish football? Well, you cunts could report it for a start and try to move away from all this shit. So we've got the usual crap. Celtic fans are talking about crowdfunding a, a appeal. Please do so, because I guarantee you, you will find a lawyer to take your case. Because a lawyer will happily take your case, take it to every court you want it to, lose, but continue to pick up his money. So by all means, do that. If that's the kind of thing you want to put your money into, wire in. It's not for us to say, you've had a hard week on the waltzers, you've made your tips, you put it wherever you want. For Aberdeen fans, Dundee United fans especially, it's a chance to be relevant. So they're falling into that and... Like I say, the, the idea that people are espousing that, oh, everyone in Scottish football is up against you, good. That's the way I like it. Fuck you. I like Rangers to be the bastards. I like us to be the black hat. Because when we do something, the fact that it doesn't just annoy our nearest rivals, the fact that it annoys every other supporter makes me happy. I think just to, just to sum up the Tom English thing, so after all that digging and all the rest of it, out came tabloid Tom when he said, um, he summed up by saying, people will believe what they want to believe. Utter pointless debating old firm business on Twitter. Fucking hell. Irony isn't meant to press your shirts, Tom. No, irony's not a, just a useful metal. It's it's uh, You know, it, you know. It's, it's, it's utterly bizarre. But I, I, as for... We're the bad guys. I agree. I love us being the bad guys. And uh, quite recently, I've, I've, I've grown weary and sick and probably just been drunk too much um, around this whole, let somebody do something about those Hun bastards. And, and that's, generally the, that's generally the narrative. Please, someone else, do something. Yeah. Fine. Guys, fucking come ahead. And actually, no one's willing to. Let's crowdfund to buy some new leather jackets or to fund some dog food for some bloggers somewhere. But actually, all the bloggers, all the profiteers, they absolutely know the outcome. 
and the outcome's cast iron 100% what you've just said, David. Someone will take the case. Great, let them, because it'll just show what a fucking sham it is. Yeah, no, it's, it's great if you're the lawyer who gets the case, because you're going to have five years of pretty straightforward filings that won't lead to anything, but you'll pick up a wage, or a, a fee rather, um, every day, and uh, great if you've got some dupes that are willing to pay it. Now, this is not normally something that we would celebrate because it, it wasn't good news, but it shouldn't have got to this stage anyway. It should have been killed. Well, we thought it was killed by the Lord Nimmo Smith decision. The fact is, Celtic Football Club, because they, they made that official statement, have now tried to steal titles from us that they couldn't win on the pitch. They couldn't win from the Lord Nimmo Smith decision. They couldn't win from the SFA. And they couldn't win from the SPFL. It's pathetic. Stop it. And the fact that Celtic fans are actually genuinely taking online and saying that they won't go and watch their own team at a time when for modern football fans of that club it should be the best they've ever had, the fact that the mood music around them isn't glorious is entirely down to a mindset that belongs in the last century. God, and a far part from that. And if that's what they want to do, great. For us, it's finally put to bed. And don't get caught up in any of that. We, this nonsense. It's done. It's done. We've had a laugh here today, but it is. It's done. We need to focus on moving forward, becoming a better club, and getting 55. Because this is the thing that whenever a Celtic fan, or even an Aberdeen fan or whatever, tries to lord it over you about, ah, you're only going to win anything, and blah, blah. We just need to do it once. Because that is the thing that you fear. It hangs over you like a sword of Damocles. When we get 55, you won't be able to bear it. And do you know why? Because we will be fucking unbearable. And I don't for a second deny that. And when we do, because we will eventually, it might not happen this year, it might not happen for 10 years, but it will happen. And when it does, just know that your pain part or, or being added in to our joy will make things all the better. You know, just to sum up on, on today, certainly for me, I, I think, you know, if, if, if you look at the actual statement, it was it was superb, actually. You know, from, from, the, from the SFA basically saying, I have nothing to see here, move along, move along, the SPFL have actually shone for a change, not often I'd say that, but the shone for a change, you know. You, so, so you've got to hand it, frankly, to Brother Jerry, and um, if you could give him that special handshake, David, I would, I'd, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. You know, Meeting him at the weekend for a barbie. Not, not only did he, not only was this a, a, a very well worded and comprehensive statement, but it basically reads: we've looked at every single avenue to satisfy the bloodlust of the diddies and the jealous. But it's just not possible, no rules were broken. There's then a full and frank Q&A, which I must admit, I read end to end and summarised as, summarised as, look, fucking suck it up, boys. And then the, the icing on the cake was the new club myth peddled by said Diddy's and Jealous. That was put to bed as well. So, you know, I think that there's a, you, you, you called it the, the end, David. It truly is the end. Yeah. I mean, it's just done. And I think that one of the things that people should maybe consider is Rod Petrie of Hibs 
walked out of that meeting and said, yeah, we're going to look at whether or not we can strip titles. He'd have been told in that meeting, you can't. But he walked out and deliberately added fuel to the fire to play to the gallery of his own fans. So when people talk about what can we do to make Scottish football a better place, there's very little Rangers or Rangers fans can do when that's the attitude. Um, Stuart, uh, by the way, it goes both ways. Some praise for Stuart Milne, who was honest and straightforward and told the Aberdeen fans, bullshit, we need to move on. And credit to him. Whereas you get a Nyaflet Petrie, who is a nothing, a nobody, who comes out and says that from a meeting where he's been told that it can't happen, just to try and up the aggro level, just to try and play to victim mentalities and to play the... I mean, why the fuck are Hibs going to... You know, Jesus Christ, what, are you going to win any of these titles? No, it's it's just complete bullshit. And as I say, if Rangers are the pantomime body, to me, it, it, it the fact that we have a pantomime body after what's happened to us in the last five years, after where we've been, after not winning anything in that time when Celtic have steamrolled it, and every other club still hates us, that says to Celtic, you can win 55 you can't actually, can't even win 54, but you could win 55 trebles in a row and you still won't be the biggest club in Scotland because you'll never be the most hated. And that is a fact because at the end of the day, people know who the biggest club are. You ask a fan this season, if we could guarantee you two home wins that you were at against any club in this division, who would you pick? I guarantee you 99% of them would pick us rather than Celtic. And that should say a lot about our stature in the game. But enough of this nonsense, let's move on into football. Now, I admit that going into the friendly on Saturday against Marseille, my hopes weren't high, especially when I saw the Marseille team. Uh, I was, therefore, I've got to say, very happy, not only with the result, but with the performance from Rangers, where a lot, and now it was a friendly, and I'm going to preface everything we say in this section, or, or this part of the debate, with... It was a friendly, okay? So just please bear that in mind, that everything we say. But having shown so little fight and determination and drive in Luxembourg, to see that against better players was encouraging. And we're not going to go nuts on it, but it was encouraging. It was a good performance, capped off with uh, an absolutely superb, wonderful goal by Nico Cranchire. I think... um... So, if we set aside Luxembourg, which was a disaster, aye, but can we? Can we? I, I just think there's some results so let, so, that, that so, can so be. Let's set aside for a second because you know, in in context, set that aside. We've then had um, what a couple of closed door friendlies where we've maybe played St Johnston under nine girls and lost, mm. and and we've had this hysterical reaction on social media. Mainly from Scott. Yeah, well, indeed. From from Scott and his uh, girl guide troops. Um, But I think... Laying down a marker. Indeed. You know, we've had comments out there on social media like relegation battle beckons and things like that. So, as a starting point, on Saturday morning, I was like you. I'm thinking, we're going to get fucking cuffed today. Mm. Because, you know... Marseille are 
They're a really good side. No, I mean, Adil Rami, Dimitri Payet, Steve Miranda. They've got two, two, two Champions League winners, yeah, Luis Casalvo and, 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 uh, and Patrice Evra. Yeah. They paid 30 million euros for Payet. Yeah, Toy Van's a great player as well, French international. You know, lots of money, good team, and they want to challenge Monaco and PSG. Watching the game, however, we were... And this is this is game in context. I'm not going overboard like I'm not going overboard with losing to St. Johnson under nines. Um, I thought we were excellent for long periods. I thought the main criticism previously had been, and this includes Luxembourg, was one of urgency, pressing, lack of fight, all the rest of it. That was all there on Saturday. To the point that Rudy Garcia, the, the, the Marseille coach, took to Twitter afterwards and said, um, and bear in mind, this was Marseille's last match before competitive competition. And basically, he said, there was fighting spirit and pressing, and it was a serious and a solid match. That that actually gave me a bit of confidence back after all the tankings that we've been taking. I think that it was the fact that the team looked organised, and um, a couple of new, new guys came in and really did make a difference. Obviously, he couldn't not, but Bruno Alves looked a class above anything we've had since Bocanegra, um, and probably will go on to show that he's, he's even a class above that, and instantly was organising the defence, and the defence instantly was stepping out together, and I say instantly, he'd obviously be working on it in training, but the difference he made to the team... You could just see he's a class act. He absolutely uses it. He's a big, tough guy. He wins things in the air. He tackles. But the rest of them do what they're told, and we need that. And Fabio Cardoso and him look as though they could be a very decent partnership. And I felt in midfield, something that really I, I thought was under-remarked, but I really like the Dorans and Jack partnership. I think they complement each other. I think Jack's quite happy to sit and let Dorans go and vice versa, but they, they seem to spark it off quite well. And they were closing down a lot more than we were used to seeing under poor Andy Halliday, who was given the job that these two have, have, have been given, but he had to do it on his own. So we were able to go and press more. We were able to compete. We were able to win a lot more second ball. And I think that those... Those two partnerships in two crucial areas for us where we've been very weak bode well for the season. Bruno Alves, I think, uh, you know, so if we set aside that the guy's about the size of the Stirling Monument, so set that, that's fucking enormous. And uh, and of course, for, for the listeners, I am four foot six. So, um, uh, so Cammy's tall to me. Mm. Um, the guy's a man mountain, but you can have man mountain, you can have tall guys with no presence. I'm thinking Tor Andre Flo. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bruno Alves clearly has presence. He was barking orders, he was telling everyone what to do, and more importantly, folk were listening. He was commanding. And, you know, what, what was quite telling was he went off, and Danny Wilson, who I think could be a pretty top centre-half if he's got someone to direct him around him, he comes on alongside Cardoso and straight away we lose a goal. Yeah. And it lose a goal simply because we were out of shape, not in a fitness term, but just in a, you know, just in a shape term. Um, in terms of Jack and Dorns, 
just in midfield in general, we had bite and we had composure, except for when I think Doran's tackled Patrice Evra around about the ears um, in the first five minutes. Um, aside from that, I was really super impressed with Ryan Jack. There's been lots of chat on social media. There's been lots of comment from maybe jealous comment from sheep and and so on about he's he's altogether a bit crap. What I saw was just a composed performance whereby Jack won the ball and recycled it time and time and time again. And it was what really quite impressed me was it was pretty effortless. And for me that bodes well because have we seen that in the midfield? No, we've heard... You know, poor Andy Halliday, as you say, who's you know who's doing it in Azerbaijan. Good on him. I think that's a, a magnificently brave move for him. Yes, absolutely. But you know, last season and the year before, all we heard was right. We've been dog shit. Learn the lessons and move on. Holy fuck, Saturday we learned some lessons. Yeah, that 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 was a big big plus. Yeah, I, I think so, and I think that Doran's for the the money that was spent on him is going to be a big sign and. I think Jack on a free was just such a sensible bit of business. And I've spoken about this before that we're not going to get from being a team that's miles away to a, a winning team straight away. You you build in increments, so you improve each summer, each window hopefully, but certainly each summer. And we've done that. Jack is a step up. Doran's is a step up. They may not be the quality to take us to where we need to go just yet, but they'll get us closer to that, which helps us attract people. It becomes a virtuous cycle. Um now, we did beat Watford 2-1 today, but I haven't seen the game yet. You haven't seen the game yet. It's behind closed doors. We haven't had access to it as of yet. A, a very good result. Uh, goals from Candias and... Or Candias. I say Candias, just being a wrestling fan. Um, Candias and uh, Martin Wycombe. It was erroneously reported, first of all, that it was Jason Holt, but then it was turned out to be Waggy. So, well done to him. But, again, it just changes the atmosphere a bit you know it's a friendly absolutely and we could you know what we're like we could lose to Sheffield Wednesday on on Saturday and then everybody will be up in arms again but it it does help because we needed some signs of recovery after Luxembourg and we didn't have games and then you know defeats and closed door games to teams like St Johnson don't help matters so I think that that's been the the real positive coming out of it. And I want to praise Candace while also striking a wee note of warning about us up front. I thought Candace played really well and looked really dangerous on Saturday. And obviously he's got a goal tonight. Don't know how else he played. Um, From the reports I've seen, he he played very well. But I haven't seen it personally. However, I was a little concerned Saturday that maybe we don't make enough chances. We maybe don't have enough in the final third. Now, obviously... We're looking for Herrera. Herrera works hard. He had a good game. He looks a guy who works hard, but he doesn't look a kind of 20 25 goal a season guy. He looks a good foil. He looks a you know, 12 to 15 and, and a good few assists. Morelis didn't get long, but when he came on, you know, he, he looked very direct, had a good shot, and was unlucky not to score from the rebound. And I think that we hope that they go on, but maybe at the moment there's a slight concern that we're a little bit lacking in the final third. I don't know how you can say that, David, frankly, because, you know, goal machine Martin Waghorn is at it again today. Um, In all seriousness, no wonder both Rangers and Watford Twitter said it was Jason Holt that scored to begin with, Mm. because who in their fucking right mind would believe that Martin Waghorn scored from open play? Um, But 
I've, I've long said and been ridiculed for it. There, there's and to to and I'll put it on the table just to get all the ridicule out in, in one go. I've long said that Rob Kiernan and Martin Waghorn, there are real players in there, but it's all down to the mentality. A player's not just about skill, it's not about you know effort, it's not about whatever. It's about the ability to wear the jersey, to have the mindset, to not take the shit, to not let it get to you, to, to, to not let the jersey weigh too heavy. Rob Kiernan is done. Been and gone, fine. Martin, Martin Wycorn, hopefully he makes it. I, I, I want them all to make it because if they make it, it bodes well for us. Great. So I, I think, you know, without getting carried away, clearly decent performance tonight, a win, a couple of goals from open play. Just on Candias, um, reminded me watching him of... A guy like Nacho Novo that was actually playing in his proper position. Yeah. Because the, he harried, he harassed, he closed the full-backs down. He took no shit. He put the boot in. You know, and, and actually I can see him being a player that, that, that the fans really take to. Up front, Herrera, Christ, the guy's a big unit and he's, he's he'll probably do all right in Scotland. Hope, hopefully he goes on a bit of a scoring run. Um, Morellis, um I can see a real player in there I have to say and a work ethic you know he didn't have to go although I think he ultimately missed a sitter after he shot he didn't have to go closing the guy down after he shot mm. but he did and he won the ball back and you know for, for me there's an appetite that's been how long has that been lacking for David? Oh, I love Years. Um, I've, I've got to you know, disagree with the, the, the Kiernan and, or at least sound a note of caution in that there may be players in there but I think it would take Dino Rod to get them out um, but I know what you're saying and I mean there's some ability but they don't have the mentality well Kiernan certainly doesn't Wycorn's sticking in there he's still there he's still firing goals I'd like to see us bring in another striker um, but there is more talk of us going for another uh, midfielder possibly on loan um, as the English clubs begin to settle down and they, they begin to have excess squad members that they, they, they're willing to put out on loan now Nico Cranshire has featured quite prominently so far this, this pre-season and um, Pedro mentioned last week that although Lee Wallace will retain the armband he sees himself as having five captains and he named Lee Wallace, uh, Bruno Alves, which I don't think anyone would, would disagree with, Kenny Miller, who he obviously likes, and oh, I can't remember, oh, Graham Dorans, and also, maybe slightly surprisingly, Nico Cranshire. And it's quite clear that Pedro sees him as having an important role to play. Now, is that a value, or valuable is not the right word, but is that a, a legitimate long-term strategy for the season or given his injury record and the fact that he missed such a long chunk of last season is Nico maybe somebody that's a cherry on top of the cake rather than an integral part of the of the filling I think first and foremost he's a fucking handsome bastard yeah. so uh, you know I, I'm, I'm commonly known in this household as Nico Swin um, secondly he came to his last season Basically having a year at 
whatever he was in New York, New York Cosmos or something like that. You know, basically fanning about playing keepy uppy in the lower regions of the American leagues, aged thirty. You know, he came to us without a pre-season. Unsurprisingly, he got fucking injured. Um, my only hope is, yes, there's an absolute Rolls-Royce of a player in there. But it's a risk, given his record. So my only hope is, A, the pre-season has been probably the first pre-season he's done in several years. And that's going to strengthen them. And B, his ongoing conditioning in between matches has to be top draw if we're going to rely on him. The flip side, of course, is we are building up a reserves, if you like, of or or, or, or uh, alternative options in midfield. When you've got Ryan Jack, Graham Dorans, you've got Pena, who um, bizarrely folk thought looked fat. You know, I think you know there's not a pick on him. Yeah, I he's can't, just, can't see that. He's just got. He's just got a big ball face, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, hey, it comes to us all. Um, but but there's, I think the key is with Cranshaw, can we hang our hat on him and, ta- uh, and, and, and expect zero risk? No. Is there a backup if the risk comes to fruition? And the answer is yes, especially if we're just trying to augment the squad that wee bit more. I see Cranshire and Kenny Miller as having roles to play both on and off the park and clearly the manager does as well however I, I, I don't necessarily see them as being regular starters and certainly they may be guys you you use on certain occasions they become special occasion players and I can see lots of times when Nico would be useful you know for playing a team that have got banked up then somebody that can shoot from distance as he did fantastically with that free kick or someone who can thread a ball was very useful Kenny Miller away games where we need to do a lot of running even from the front then I can see him playing a part but I'm just not sure I see them being regular starters Uh, however it's quite clear the manager quite likes them and sees them as important parts I think if there's an area that we need to strengthen I, I would prefer to see it be at that kind of just in behind the striker maybe the wide area and and certainly up front where I think if we could get someone else in to add a bit of competition I mean there's a lot of talk about Jamie Walker the Naismith talk won't go away I'm still a little suspicious of it simply because I'm not sure how much of it emanates from his camp and it can work sometimes I mean Chris Boyd's moved to Rangers the second time was basically Boyd talking in the 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 media and get and getting his camp to get the rumours out so that it's spread on social media, etc. To the point where the Rangers fans were basically actively after it and McCoyst felt that it was something he had to do with his he wanted Miller back, that's something he wasn't as keen on Boyd. And I think that whenever I hear about this kind of thing, I wonder how much of it is coming from Rangers. What I've heard not a lot of it is coming from Rangers and that's not to say the deal won't get done there are people at Ibrox who would love to see Stephen Naismith back I'm just not sure the manager is one of them and I tend to agree with that so so in terms of in terms of what we need we have lost Barry Mackay who is is a kind of enigma in his own lifetime if you like um, he, you know, 
Barry McKay, I think, has got all the skill in the world and all the desire of a dead dormouse um, versus a replacing potentially, and incidentally, a wee name check here, David. I have a bet with our uh, with a resident Jambo listener. We do have one called Chris Wilson, uh, who's going to shout me lunch if we sign Jamie Walker by the 31st of August. Um, I, I believe it will happen simply on the basis of we've been, I think, fairly actively after him. Uh, and, and Hearts will, forgive the pun, budge, I think. We'll meet in the middle. I think Jamie Walker, not quite as, given the age brackets, not quite as maybe skillful as a Barry Mackay, but all the desire, all the heart, all the hunger, all the tools to make it, I really, I, I genuinely, genuinely welcome that signing. Up front, um, again, resident Jambo, Chris Wilson, having a discussion with him yesterday on Kyle Lafferty because he was, he was singing his praises. I said, aye, that's fine. Just wait till he gets injured in September, comes back in March and scores 10 goals in April. Um, but it, it, it's, I, I absolutely agree with you. There has to be some element of competition in there for, at the minute, we've got Miller, Herrera, Morelis, Waghorn, and not a proven uh, stick-on goal scorer between them. I think there has to be something in there. And I think there's well, goals in there. Be, I do, I think there's goals in there. I just wonder about, yeah, I'd like a bit more competition. It's quite simple. Do, do, do you trust it? And that's why I think the Naismith element doesn't go away. Even though, frankly, Naismith scored probably about as many goals in England as I have over the past four years. Mm. Um, you know, I, I do genuinely believe Naismith would be an excellent signing, except that he's a wee prick. Mm. I, well, I've spoken about it ad nauseum. I'll probably be speaking about it here and I'll speak about it again lightly because, it does, as you say, it doesn't go away. Um... I wonder how much I want Naismith back as a as a as a footballer. He was an eight and a half million pound footballer eighteen months ago, and that that would be there aren't many players who were going for that kind of money even in England that that we could get. I mean that's that's just a fact. Against that, as he hasn't had the best spell at Norwich, he's older. You don't know, and how much is it where we go? We miss his attitude, which which we do. We miss players of that attitude. Hopefully, we've got a few more of them now. Um, again, Alves, Dorans, Jack, you know, etc. Guys that want to go on and and compete and win things more, and that'll hopefully spread throughout the club. So, you know, when we say Naismith would be a great signing, is it because of the player or because of the memories or because of the attitude? I don't know. Certainly, as I say, there are people at Ibrox that would love to to make that signing. I'm just not convinced that um, Pedro. Is one of them. So, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. I think that there's an interesting wee spell ahead because as the English clubs begin to settle down, then players become available for loan. I think Rangers very much have one eye on that market at the moment, which is why they're trying to kind of watch their budget at the moment just to make sure that if someone of quality comes up for a season, that they have the ability to go in and get them. And it wouldn't surprise me if. Smith, for example, signed on August the 31st or or whenever the transfer deadline is. I, I, I don't know, I'm quite ignorant to that. So, But I think, I think that's the key, David, what you've just said, that 
yes, there, there are those who would laud the signing of Stephen Naismith, but Stephen Naismith isn't the only guy out there. And we should rightly take our time and get the right appointment that the manager wants. Yeah, totally. If if that, you know it's there. And certainly the noise is coming from his camp suggests it's the move he wants and he'll wait for it. Then, yeah, I don't see any harm in waiting and seeing if we can if we can get him in. So, so time will tell. Now, uh, just some housekeeping this week before we go. Uh, with an apology and a thank you, first of all. Now, people had been on and on and on it as to do another live show and I personally didn't believe there was the demand so quickly to do another live pod after we'd done the last one and um, we did the last one what in April so I thought if we ever did another one I wasn't convinced we would it would certainly be at least a year but people kept bringing it up to the point that I thought right okay we'll announce one and We'll see how the ticket sales go, and obviously if we don't sell enough tickets, then we'll cancel it, and if we do, we can, we can go ahead with it. And we had a sort of break-even number for the venue. But the last one sold out in five hours, so I was thinking, well, that was a one-off. People had been waiting for years for it, um, and we had also, because of the Kickstarter, we had a certain amount of tickets that were set aside already that we couldn't sell, you know, that people had already contributed to Kickstarter, so they were due. So, um, this time, same venue, the Loudoun Tavern, Friday 25th of August, and what I, I thought was right, well, well, we'll go ahead with this, and this time, you know, we had more tickets, and I figured we're going to have to push this, so I put the tickets up for sale on Friday, with the idea being that you know, get some sold over the first weekend. I thought I'd put a couple of tweets to people when they were drunk. Got to hit them, hit them at the right times. Am I right, Ian? Basic marketing. Hey, you, you, you're, you're talking to Mr. Entrepreneur here. Yep, so I, I figured that we would have enough as a start and hopefully we would sell enough the first weekend that by the time I came on here to tip, talk to the rest of you about it, we'd be in a position to say it's going ahead on Friday, the 21st of August. It sold out in 34 minutes, and that's with the extra tickets, which stunned me. So, apologies to people who only hear about it on here. Most of our research tells us, we do do it where we don't, playback media do. Most of our research tells us that listeners are generally on social media. And if you're not following us on Twitter, this is a reason to do so. You know, or, or, following, us, or uh, following us on Facebook or liking us on Facebook rather, this is a reason to do so because you do get first announcements. So thank you so much to to the audience. To, to sell it out in 34 minutes was astounding. Genuinely couldn't believe it. Given that, if anyone perhaps in a different part of the country, not a stupid part of the country, I'm just going to be honest there, not you know one I need to travel to by like boat or helicopter, but... If somewhere, you know, kind of East Coast or whatever, want us to do a live show and can get a venue and everything set up, we would consider it. Rather than me saying we'll definitely not do one because, you know, 34 minutes shows that there is more of a demand than I had considered. In which case, if if one comes to fruition, I will 
mention it on the pod first. That was a mistake on my part, I admit it. I didn't think that we would get anywhere near those sales. I thought we would hopefully have enough, as I say, to break even the first night and then, you know, the first weekend and then we could come and and talk to you guys about it. So for that, I apologise, but a huge, huge, huge amount of thanks to everyone who bought a ticket and we will see you on Friday, August the 25th. It'll be myself, Mark Dingwall, the the golden boy from the East, Mr Cameron and James Bell, our good friend Hoggy here and, of course, uh, assistant co-host Mr Scott Van Den Acker will be there as well and we're very much looking forward to it. But, now I've kind of been forcibly persuaded by by the sales that people are interested in, in a live show. So if so, if you want to contact us, uh, I'm on Twitter. Um, it's at ibroxrocks. That's R-O-C-K-S, at ibroxrocks. Or you can get in touch with us via uh, Facebook, which is just search for Heart Hand, the Rangers podcast, and you'll find us there. So thank you so much. Apologies to anyone who's just hearing about it now. That's on me. Um, you know, hell, if you pay us enough money, we'll do one in your house. You know, so by all means, you know, just just let us know. Um, you know, we'll come round and do one for you and your mates if you like. But um, but it'll cost you. But um, thank you so much to everyone who bought the tickets. Let's see, thirty four minutes to sell two hundred tickets. It was uh, a bit of a surprise. Can can I put it that way? Ian? You, you didn't believe me at first, did you? When I came to you no, after I, ten minutes I, and went, that's half of them gone. I didn't, you text me and I was kind of halfway through a fish supper and a bottle of wine at uh, 10 past 6, rock and roll Friday lifestyle, mm. um, and he said, oh, that's half of them gone, I said, fucking pish. He takes but fuck off. <laughs> and, um, you know, however, later on the night, when I'm on bottle number two, um, some some friends of the show, so John Patterson, the uh, owner of the Gallant Pioneer Blackpool, had said, why don't you come out down here and do it? And I'm thinking... You can't get David out of his house, no, let alone uh, for no, 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 no. I'll, um, I'll Skype in if you all go. If the four of you guys go um, and take, like, you know, an iPad, I'll, I'll willingly Skype in. And as I say, the, the, then the Narsa guys got involved. And of course, what could possibly go wrong? Um probably everything so um but no i i i'll echo david's sentiment thank you it's it's actually quite embarrassingly humbling um that punters want to pay to actually come and see our pish mm. yeah it, it, it very much i mean it must be for you it's not so much humbling for me i well, sort of expect it but for the likes of you and and cammy and and mark and and scott i can imagine you know that it's that it's humbling but obviously me being me kind of expected us my whole life surprise it's taken I, 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 I thank you as ever David for being my social conscience yeah, yeah surprise it's taken this long ok then folks uh, that's pretty much it for uh, this edition of Heart and Hand we will be back next week when we will be thankfully on the countdown to proper fitba because uh, there are a few things in life as wretched as uh, a summer that doesn't have a major tournament proper one not the Confederations Cup so uh, before I go I would just like to thank our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers to thank my guest the wonderful Mr Ian Hogg thank you very much and uh, j- just one final word Stripe the titties. And I'd like to thank, uh, of course, at Kerryfield Street. Please give him a follow. It's uh, or at 
yeah, I think it's at Kerry Fields, whatever, look up. Um, and uh, thank him for all the entertainment that uh, he's given us this week. Although it's technically the Celtic support, I should be thanking for that. But uh, they've got enough to worry about at the moment. I'll just leave them to it. So thanks for listening. My name's David Edgar, and I'll talk to you again this thing next week. Cheers, bye. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.